The Jaguars get their defensive coordinator. I'll tell you why it's a good thing and a bad thing all at the same time. Just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. You are Locked on Jaguars, your daily Jacksonville Jaguars podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, good people? Welcome to another edition of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. I am the host of the Locked On Jaguars podcast, Tony Wiggins. And we like to say it's your team every day. And we always thank you for making us your first listen. A quick reminder, we're free to subscribe to on our YouTube page. That is Locked On Jaguars. Make sure you go there when you hit when you get there, you hit the subscribe, hit the like button and hit the bell. The bell, make sure you get notifications every single time we drop an episode. And then wherever you listen to your podcast, when you're in your car at work, Make sure you tap in to that location every single day so that you don't miss an episode. Today's show is sponsored by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets. Guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. Visit FanDuel.com forward slash locked on to get started. And a quick shout out to the everydayers for being everydayers. We appreciate you. And you can be one too. All you got to do is just tap in every single day the Jags get their defense coordinator Ryan Nielsen from the Atlanta Falcons one year before that for an extended stay he was with the New Orleans Saints I'll tell you the good in it and there's a lot of good in segment two I'll tell you why there are bigger issues on this team and this this team continues to put a band-aid and give you a Tylenol when your leg is broken I will tell you that and we'll talk about some specific scheme fits for players that are on the team and in the draft and how we think they'll be able to uh, blend. But I got to do that middle segment first in order to get to that one. So you exactly understand. So you understand. And so you understand exactly where I come from. All right. What's the goods on Ryan Nielsen? Versatile, aggressive, is known to get the most out of guys that play like Trayvon Walker. Uh, Hendrickson up in Cincinnati, as well as uh, Cam Jordan down in uh, New Orleans, are guys that thrived under Ryan Nielsen. He, you know, we always look at the background of coaches where he is a defensive line coach by trade, similar to Joe Cullen, uh, if that will. And a lot of people don't like the, their D coordinator coming from the line, they like him coming from the back end. I don't have any problem with it. As long as the guy can coach, he can teach, and he's a good communicator. So all of those things. In one year with the Falcons, he was able to turn them around. They were a totally different team by the middle and the towards the middle and the end of last year on defense than they were. But in in doing a little film study that I did do, I didn't have to look back at New Orleans because I knew exactly how they played. I was always marveling at how they played defense. But a lot of people gave Dennis Allen all the credit to that because he was there with Sean Payton. But the bottom line is, is this guy had a lot to do with it too. I always liked the fact that they got after it in, in their fronts. So even when Dennis Allen became the head coach, he was promoted. Yeah, Nielsen was promoted <clears throat> to be the defense coordinator. Did a really good, really good job. He was a co-defense coordinator, and then he got the job last year in Atlanta. Well, maybe under even the um, – Maybe under the 
uh, influence of Terry Fontenot, who's the GM, but it might have also been because <clears throat> Arthur Smith played against them for two years, and that's what coaches do, and that's what I wanted to talk about when it comes to Doug Peterson. Doug has let you know, if you listen to him close enough, that he always refers to the 4-3 as the old 4-3, the teams that run it, uh, the 49ers, the, the, um, the Texans, the Chiefs, <clears throat> I think the Eagles. Whenever he talks about the defense that he likes or what he's looking for, he always talks about the fact that he likes the structure of the defense. And I think the structure, and we talked about this the other day, structure and alignment are two different things. <clears throat> it's not the same thing. Scheme, structure, and alignment, they're all different, right? You can have a scheme and then you can line people up differently. It's almost like just changing formations on offense. The structure is just, you know, who's going to do what? What are you trying to get accomplished? And and what are you going to limit teams to? And what are you going to take away from people? And I, I think that's when Doug probably, <clears throat> from his perspective as an offensive guy, looks at this and goes, this is what I want to coach against because this is what gives me the hardest time. And I don't mean on game day when it comes to play calling. And we've had enough discussions about the difference between play calling and building your game plan and your offense. What I mean is I'm thinking like, what is the hardest thing for him to prepare for film wise? What is the hardest thing for him to, to accomplish his goals that he likes to do on offense? And I think from a structure and scheme standpoint, he doesn't like this. So therefore, whenever he hires a guy or he wants to go after somebody, that's what he goes and gets. He goes against the things that he believes are most effective, probably against himself. Now, whether that bears out or not, I don't know. But uh, I don't know how you measure what a guy believes is the most difficult thing for him to prepare for. And like I said, it doesn't necessarily happen on Sundays. Because with the scheme, what you have to do is you have to do this. You have to go, okay. You have to look at it through multiple ways. All right. So when I look at something, I say, okay, this is what we like to do. They do this very well. How can I accomplish that looking at what they do? Then you say, okay, we come up with a game plan. That has to be right. That has to be right. The other thing that you don't really factor into it is that just because you had it right, you're going to be able to do it because guys have to execute, right? So if people don't execute, if guys drop the ball or if People drop passes or you had something and the guy trips on a sprinkler or the game is just that nip and tuck where it's going to come down to one or two things. Right. And then there's this last part and the last part that will lead us into segment two. What if you got the scheme right? What if you got the right play call? What if you built the right plan? What if guys executed? What is just not good enough? What if you can't block people? What if you can't get off blocks? What if you aren't good enough? What it has nothing to do with a coordinator or anything like that. And so that's why I'm saying I like what Ryan Nielsen brings as a DC, which is aggressive play at the line of scrimmage. You can see eight people. They call it the box. But I would say within a, uh, um, within a half a yard of the line of scrimmage aligned across the formation. What that means is it's going to be a mano a mano. There's a lot of me versus you. Right. So you can't hide in the scheme. You can't hide saying you didn't know what you're supposed to do because you're supposed to guard a guy right in front of you. Or you're supposed to make the tackle. You're supposed to get off the block. There ain't going to be no guesswork here. All right. So what I like about it is it's proof of it, it, it's the proof is in the pudding. That's what it is. It's either feast or famine. That's what I like about the defense. What scares me about it is it may mask a bigger problem. And that's the one that I've been complaining about for a while. And that is Trent Baalke. 
I have no problem drafting a guy with traits. I have no problem staying away from certain guys that have certain traits. Let me give you an example. If you don't play poker, I'm going to explain it to you. Uh, there's a bad hand in poker called 7-2 offsuit, and it's exactly what it is. It's 7-2 with, with two different suits. The reason why is because in Texas Hold'em, there's a five card. You make your hand with five cards. In no way can you connect seven and two. So it's a disconnected bad hand that gives you the lowest high cards you can have without being connected to something and the lowest <clears throat> low cards you can have that's not an ace that allows you to connect with something. So you you reduce the chances that you can have to win. So the reason why you can be right sometimes is because you look at the flop, the first three cards that come out, and it, and it might be a seven and a two in there, right? And you're sitting there thinking, I got two pair. I can't lose. I got the best hand. So now you're starting to push. And the reason why you never play with this hand, you don't do it for a reason. And then the next card comes out, it's an ace. And what you don't understand is there's the dude sitting over there, and he has an ace and a seven. So your two pair, even though you don't see two pair on the board, are not the highest ones. And you don't know that. And you go to bet. And then the river is just some BS card. That's the last card. And you lay it down and this dude has an ace and a seven. And he has two pair. And you have a seven and a two. And you lost all of that money because you played with something you shouldn't have never played with in the first place. That's what it's like drafting, uh, uh, having a guy that's six feet, 220 pounds at linebacker like Quincy Williams. He showed you enough that you realize he can play. But now down the line, you think it's going to get you in trouble. Scheme-wise, you think it's going to get you in trouble because eventually he's going to run into too many guards. And the thing that he has going for him is his speed and his instincts. And those things are going to go away because now he has taken too many hits and he's not big enough to take it. So now this thing that you thought you had that was really great turned out to not be good at all. So you wish you would have never played around with it in the first place. So that's why a guy like Trent Balky doesn't draft guys that he believes are too small, even if they can play that eventually to get you in trouble. I have no problem with that. And thank y'all for my poker lesson today. I have no problem with it. But the problem I do have is while you look at a guy being small as a construct, I look at a construct being we're just going to keep drafting big people, regardless if they're instinctive, regardless if they can play, regardless if they're going to get it done. And all that does is allow you to continuously to be a mediocre team and you never win. So there has to be a difference between guys that you can win with and guys that won't allow you to lose too badly. I'm going to tell you exactly what those things are and why we can have bigger problems than we think if it's true that there's some sort of disagreement between Trent Balky and Doug Peterson. And I'll tell you why, if you're on the side of Trent Balky, you may be on the wrong side of this one. And it's just the wrong side period for Jaguar fans. I'll tell you all about that in just a second here on a Tuesday edition. Oh, you know what it is. It is locked on Jaguar. let you know about FanDuel, today's sponsor of the show. FanDuel is the absolute truth, man. And you guys, I've been telling you about it for a long time, so I'm going to keep telling you about it. The NFL regular season is wrapping up, but there's still time to get into the action. Where's the playoffs, actually, to get into action on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. You got a couple of big weekends left to go in the NFL. And right now, new customers can get 150 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a five dollar bet i didn't say win i said place you get 
150 in bonus bets. That's 150 bucks in bonus bets, win or lose. So visit fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup or a quick touchdown. FanDuel is an official partner of the NFL. <clears throat> Segment two, running it down here on Locked On Jaguars, where it's your team every day. We always thank you for making us your first listen. Man, I, I got I got to hit on this because this could really do this team in a little bit if if we're not being careful. So, folks, I trust you know the Edilla Edilla is one of them, and a couple of other people that I really really trust their opinion, and I know that their stuff comes from a really good place. And there's some people in the media that are, that are friends of mine that we kind of said the same thing. Who's going to win? Is Balky going to win out or is Peterson going to win out? And it appears that Trent Balky is the one winning, according to sources or people that I trust that think that Balky gets to pick the, the, the he wants Press Taylor out. That might happen. He got to pick the defensive coordinator. That might happen even though Doug Peterson put out a, state, a statement that sounds like he, he's all on board. I'm not going to pretend that I know that there's some sort of a rift between Trent Baalke, the GM, and Doug Peterson, the head coach. I will say that I think Ryan, Ryan Nielsen is a good defensive coordinator, a real good defensive coordinator. He's good enough, in fact, that if there is a rift or if there are shortcomings in personnel, which I believe there are, and I don't trust Trent Baalke as the GM. A guy like Nielsen is good enough, they can win 11 games. 12 if they're lucky. And you say, Wig, what, what, why would you even complain about a team that could win 11 or 12 games? Because in, the, in this league, that's kind of where you want to be season after season. And, and granted, they were a couple of games away this year. from They were one game away from being in the playoffs. So I could ask you, why do you feel so bad about this team if they were one game away from being in the playoffs? It's because they were one game away from the being in the playoffs and they lost five out of six. That's why. And that same thing could happen and they could be a better team even with Ryan Nielsen if this rift really does exist. And regardless of who you want to win, if in this hypothetical rift between Doug Peterson and Trent Baalke, I'll tell you, you're doomed either way, because if there is a rift, that's a problem. If, 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 if it's tongue in cheek and you're saying stuff like that, that's cool. But if you honestly believe that there's a rift or that there's a there, there's some difficulty in between those guys about who should be on the staff, what type of players they want, who wants more control. I'm telling you, even though it looks like one side won, there are no winners in situations like that. And eventually it's going to come to a head unless they win a lot. It's not going to go away because if that is true, while they're doing that, your opponents are out here in lockstep. You see the guys in Detroit loving all over each other publicly, and it's not fake. And it's not just because they're winning that they're able to do that. You hear the, the, the stories chronicled about messaging and how Kyle Shanahan felt one way, but how John Lynch thought it was very important to say certain things in order for the scouts to understand exactly what type of players they wanted in San Francisco. So while you have these other folks locked in lockstep, 
this hypothetical rift between the GM and the coach that isn't going to go away, whether they're successful or not, is a bad thing. Because it's back to cover your, you know what? It's back to it's not me, it's not him. I mean, what do you expect Trent Baalke to say? He picked the players, right? So if the players aren't performing and they're, and, and, and they're folding down the stretch and, and they're not displaying the grit, the first thing that you point to is the coaching. And you ain't even got to point to it. All you got to do is turn up sports radio or turn on sports media, and all you heard all year long was the word press. And the fact that you kept saying that word all year long and you wanted Trent Baalke to be gone as general manager, I told you back then it was counterintuitive to do so. You want a guy to have walking papers, but you're giving him a built-in excuse to take to the owner to not get canned. Not that they're going to listen to you or listen to us or anybody. But if you're thinking that way, don't you think other people can think that way too? And if you want to really put noise in the machine, don't do and say things that are going to support somebody to keep their job. And allow that thought to actually become a real living thing, man. It's like, I'm not saying that all I'm trying to do is I'm helping the fans with their mental sanity. And I'm telling you, it's not enough. It's not enough just to hire a defensive coordinator. You know how I know most of y'all agree with me? Because y'all want Press Taylor fired too. That that tells you right there that it's not enough. But it might end up being enough. And I'm not saying Press needs to be fired. I'm just saying if you're going to fire Press, you might as well fire Doug because Press ain't nothing but an extension of Doug. And I've been saying it for a long time. I also think it's it's incumbent on the GM to not be right, but it's incumbent on the GM to know exactly who his coaches are and either sign and sign and get coaches that agree with the overall philosophy of the team or sign players that agree with the, over, uh, the overall philosophy of the coach. Because if you don't line those things up together, you're going to be right where we are right now and where we have been for the last two and a half decades. So while everybody else is kumbaya and they're walking together in the same step, even if that same step is in the wrong direction, if there is a rift, and I'll call it hypothetically a rift right now, what you have is you have a situation that is doomed to explode at any minute. Even if they win. It's what happens. Even if they win, somebody's going to claim there was more of their responsibility than the other person. So you say, well, Doug Peterson may have fallen on the Super Bowl trophy uh, in Philly. That's fine. Trent Baalke never fell on one in San Francisco when he was in charge, even when he had a great coach in Jim Harbaugh. So, yeah, I'm going to give that a little bit more. I'm going to tell you how the order this franchise appears to go. Shot, Trevor, Baalke, Peterson, and then everybody else. So when things go wrong, everybody else will be blamed first. That's Caldwell and Press. Then it's going to be Doug Peterson. He'd go next. If that doesn't work, it's going to be Trent Baalke. He's going to go next, and then somebody's going to come, come in here and try to save Trevor's career. That's the way it's going to go. 
But that's the that's the reverse order of the of who and how you're allowed to blame people for stuff around here. And I hope it works out. I really hope it works out. I just don't think 24 year olds should get that much room to move around in a franchise. And I've seen it happen before where, it, where it's failed. I don't think it's enough. I I, I just think. I think they should have got a GM that fits in better with what Doug Peterson wants to do, and they could have still hired Ryan Nielsen. But, alas, here we are. We'll talk about scheme fits and talk about the things that uh, might make Nielsen's job a little bit better and the guys that I think are on the team and some things that I have to do. And then a message to fans that think you can't walk at you bubblegum at the same time. I'm going to talk about all of that stuff in just a second on the third and final segment of Locked On Jaguars. But first, before I do that, I have to let you know about Locked On Sports Today. That's right. Locked On Sports Today is the real deal, man. And they have launched the first ever national 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts of Locked On Plus, our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. I'll tell you in just a second who fits and who doesn't when we're talking about the Jaguars this year and Ryan Nielsen doing just a second here on Locked on Jaguars. All right. If you wait to the last minute to get tickets for any event, the big game that is in a couple of weeks, the pro bowl, anything, a play you go into New York and you want to see color purple or Hamilton or anything, concert tickets. If you're like me, sometimes you wait till the very last minute and guess what? You usually get, a mean person in front of you. Well, game time handles all that for you. They buy tickets in seconds. You can buy tickets in seconds with two taps on your phone. All you got to do is download the app, and they specialize in handling things for you at the last minute, even after the events have already started. You take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Right now, all game time users get $100 off a big game ticket with code VEGAS100. Terms apply. Just download the game time app and use the code V-E-G-A-S 100, all one word, Vegas 100 for $100 off a big game ticket. Or if you're not going to the game, use the code locked on for $20 off your first purchase. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, third final segment here, Locked On Jaguars. We're at your team every day. We thank you for making us your first listen and checking out Locked On Sports Today's 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube as well. Scheme fits. What do I see? What do I see? I told you I uh, looked at some Falcons games, and what I saw was I saw a uh, four-man front with one guy standing up as the uh, designated pass rusher. It, 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 I, I would think that, you know, if things go the way we think, that'll be Josh Allen. A lot of people hit me up saying put Trayvon at three technique, not going to happen. They do use an end. It's a big end position. The way it's like a 4B, sort of a five technique uh, guy who does stunning. And if you want to think about it, think about it almost like the way J.J. Watt played with his hand down. Uh, Calais Campbell played the role last year. I think that's where they'll play with Trayvon. So he continues to rush the passer. But the good thing about it is those guys are both coming forward 99% of the time as opposed to dropping back in the coverage. So you're going to have Trayvon hopefully with his hand on the ground, right smack in front of the coach. And then there may be situations where they bring somebody else in if Josh is having a blow and they can use Trayvon in that upright position and then um, have somebody else 
with their hand down, uh, maybe Roy Robinson Harris or Lacey or somebody like that, but or whoever they, they get in the rest of free agency or the draft. So I noticed that. I noticed uh, every, the corners are right up in people's faces, so it's either feast or famine. You're either going to stop them or they're going to make a big play. Uh, there's no hiding. The linebackers are really stressed out in that, in that it's not really stressed if they're prepared for it. But if you, if you don't have linebackers that are instinctive, that know how to change directions and run and cover people. That's why I said that, um, I think Foyle of Wakan is pretty, when I said that Jordan Brooks is perfect, even though I don't think they'll go after Jordan Brooks because they have allocated their, their resources already at linebacker. That's just making a statement. Doesn't mean that the Jaguars don't have guys that can play like that. It's just that he's the perfect guy for it because of his ability to cover. But they could, you know, see if Devin Lloyd can 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 do it and play that position. Um, if he can't, you're going to see it right away. I think Foyle will kind of be fine, but you're going to see it right away if Devin Lloyd is not allowed to play the position. So do I think coaches or GMs need to be drafting based on who the DC is? Yeah. And you know why? Because they should have been – uh, picking who their DC is based on how they want to play. And they ought to know that the DC matches up with how they want to play and how they want to play needs to match up with who they go get to play. Not just to do it just because, okay, this is our DC. So we're going to change everything to him. And then we're going to get another DC and we're going to change how we draft to him. No, I just, when you look at it like that, you're looking at it backwards. I just believe that when you choose the DC, one of the factors is he's going to coach the way you want to play, which is going to be reflective of the way you go out and get players to come play. It kind of works hand in hand, right? And that's the job of a GM and a head coach. It's to not, Hide your hands and blame people when the D.C. doesn't work out. And then you go, oh, well, he's just the wrong guy. Yeah, you picked the wrong dude, okay? And Or you didn't give him what he needed in order to be successful because you were stubborn and you're not working hand in hand like you're supposed to. So in terms of the scheme fits, it's going to really put stress on the linebackers if they're deficient in their ability to diagnose things and react. If the Corners can't play man-to-man. I think Andre Sisco is going to absolutely thrive, and I think I'll re-sign him right now to an extension, which will probably – I tell you what, wait until next year and try to extend him after he has a big year and see what happens to you. That's why I think uh, free safeties are hard to find, and I really believe he has to stay healthy, and I know that, but I do believe that he's going to absolutely thrive. Look at what Jesse Bates did. Jesse Bates was already a good player. He had a, probably the best year of his career last year in Atlanta. So, yeah, I, I think all of that helps. They need to get uh, more athletic, I believe, at the corner position. I think they need to – they really need to show up the rookie uh, – I'm sorry, the nickel position. Um, and then they need to obviously get some some bigger, more active bodies on the defensive front. They're going to probably re-sign Josh Allen to a long-term contract. They should. I, they shouldn't franchise tag him again. They should sign him. I mean, if you don't sign him, then you'll never sign a guy for doing anything, right, because of the year he had. Um, Trayvon, like I said, is fine at, at the end spot. They got Roy Robinson-Harris at the number that they have him for. It doesn't stop him from drafting a three technique or just getting a real good player in free agency and uh, just making it work money-wise. They're going to get Devon Hamilton back but they still probably need some more beef and depth in the middle of the line. Now, we know that the priority for this team is interior offensive line, interior defensive line, and wide receiver uh, that can make contested catches. 
that has a big catch radius. We get that. I also know that, you know, I think they learned their lesson. They're not going to stand pat. So, in you know, it's funny how when you have these talks, and I'm going to speak to certain people on Twitter, and there's some people that I even talk to offline, and I explained it to them, and I still see them tweeting this crazy stuff like, how dare y'all think the Jaguars are going to draft a corner in the first round with all of their other needs? You know, the draft comes about two or three months after free agency, right? And if you're saying that, well, we got Balky as a GM. Well, if that's what you're saying, then we might as well stop talking because that ain't going nowhere. The thing is, is though, they're going to fill these holes. And when you do it, the players are not equal. Oh, you're going to take a guard instead of a, uh, oh, you're going to take a corner instead of a guard right there or, or center. You're crazy. Uh, at number 17, yeah, I would take a corner over a guard and a center because they're in a guard or a center right there that's probably going to be better a better player than the corner is at that position. Some people want to use the draft like they're building a fantasy football team just this season. If it doesn't work out, I'll scrap it and start all over. That's not the way the draft works, and that's not the way it should work. It never has, and it never will. You don't have to go out of the neediest, go after the neediest position first if that's not what is available to you as long as you fulfill it. Roy Cushenberger, Lloyd Cushenberry, rather, is not a better player than LeJarrius Sneed. He's just a bigger need for the Jaguar. I got news for you. You can get both of them. You don't have to not address the interior of the offensive line. In fact, I would go after and get proven offensive linemen. I've already said I've been on record. I get rid of Brandon Sheriff and I go after Robert Hunt from Miami. And I said I'd sign Lloyd Cushenberry. And then I'd say I'd come back in the draft and I'd take two linemen. But that doesn't mean I got to do it in round one. If you ever sign up to do a draft, make sure you do free agency first and say, okay, in this hypothetical, this is my wish list. This is who I got. And send over here, then you'll be sitting there. And then when Nate Wiggins is sitting there looking at you at number 17, it'll make more sense to you if you do that way. Instead of just coming online all the time, just trying to be the dude that is perpetual disagreeing individual with everybody that has a thought that's not the one you have. All right, I'm done. This whole I like mayo. Oh, so that means you don't like mustard or ketchup. That ain't what I said. If y'all want to act like 10-year-olds and talk like that online, that's on y'all, but I'm not going to participate in it. They're not going to sign 15 offensive linemen, no matter how bad you want them to get one. It doesn't make sense to do it that way. And God forbid anybody has just this opinion where they've actually sat and done this on paper research night after night after night, and here you come with the bobblehead, want to sit here and just disagree with everything all the time. Good luck to you. I hope it works out. But scheme fits, that's where it is with the Jaguars, and that's what I hope that they do. They got to get some corners in here that are going to compete with these wide receivers that are going to be athletic. And, and then Darius Williams has one year left on his deal, and Tyson Campbell is in the last year of his contract. So you're making the decision if you get another play. You're going to end up making it anyway. It's not a one-year decision. You're making a decision right now based on your team moving forward, not just to compete one season and next year. Because after next year, both of those guys are free agents. Y'all got to think. Think about making sure you check out Locked On Sports Today's the first ever 24-7 streaming channel on 
YouTube. That's right. Locked on Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with local experts. Make sure you check it out. Subscribe to the first ever National Sports 24-7 streaming channel. You guys take care of each other. I'll be back tomorrow to talk more about Jacksonville Jaguars. And we'll do it every single day here on Locked on Jaguars. We're at your team every day.